what is a fool? You know, that's a really strong word. The Bible warns about calling somebody a fool. And when we think about a fool, a fool is someone who rejects God and his word. You say, really? Well, look at this. Psalm 14.1, for the choir director, Psalm of David, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So a foolish person is a person who either says, I don't even believe there's a God, or says, I, I believe there's a God, but I don't really worry about it too much. A fool is one who rejects the word of God. The foolish one does not live according to the Bible. You can be a believer, trust in Jesus Christ to give you eternal life, and not live by the Bible, and you'd be called a foolish person. Uh, so when we say fool and foolish, it doesn't always necessarily mean that, that uh, you don't believe. Uh, the Bible talks about the fool as a person who says there is no God. And, and so we see that in our world, the fool and the foolish person is the person who rejects God and his word, especially the word of God. And as we begin looking at the wisdom and the praise, we're going to see a contrast, especially in Proverbs 1, between the one who rejects God and his word and the one, and that's called the foolish person, and then there's the wise person who knows the Bible and lives according to the scripture. And so we begin with Proverbs 1, and we're going to see the contrast between the wise and the foolish. Now, every one of us in this room, you want to be what? You want to be a wise person. You want to live wisely. And in fact, here's what I want you to think about. Ephesians, in Ephesians 4.1, he says, walk worthy of our calling. Now, he's basically saying, he says, uh, walk worthy of the calling which you've been called. Well, what are we called? We're called saints. We're called children of God. We're called believers. So he says, walk worthy of a believer. Well, how do we walk worthy? Well, in Ephesians 5, in the same book, and just a little bit further down, he says there's three ways you walk if you're going to walk worthy. You walk in love, you walk in light, and you walk in what? What's the third one? Wisdom. Walking in love means you love God and you love others. Walking in light means you live righteously and holy. And walking in wisdom means you live by the Scripture. And that's what he says. We should do that. And I think it's really important. Look at this right here. Ephesians 5.15 says, Be careful how you walk. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, which is foolish, but wise. Walking in wisdom. And so that's probably the key. And here it boils down to this. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. In Ephesians, we find out that we are to live wisely in a fallen world because it's an evil world. How many of you think that the, the world is fallen and evil? We all do. You know, we're not, and we, we're not saying that to, to say that everybody's horrible. We just say it's a fallen world controlled by Satan. Satan affects the world. The world affects people's fleshes. And that's how we are. And the world we can see is, is turning away, even from, in our country, even from the biblical principles and truths that founded the country, is turning away from that. And so he says, make the most of the time living wisely. So when you look at the word Proverbs, I don't know if you realize it, but the title is pro, if you look at it, it's two words together, proverba, before words. The first words, the, the words that are dealing with skills, life skills and wisdom. So when you say a proverb, you're actually saying these are the, the first things you need to think about. These are the wise words. It's been said that the proverbs are for those wise enough to listen. I mean, think about it. That's why Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. Everybody think, what? Everybody's got ears. No, they don't. A lot of people don't listen. He says, if you're listening, then listen carefully. There's a difference. There are people who go and they hear things all the time and they don't know anything. They can't tell you anything they just heard because they're not really listening. They think they're listening, but they're not. And that's why Jesus said, he who has ears, let him listen. And he who is wise, look at wisdom. And that's really a key. One of the things that I don't know if uh, I've talked to, talk, 
talked to you about this before, but Proverbs has, there's 31 Proverbs. And one of the great things to do is whatever day of the month it is, today's the 27th, so read Proverbs 27. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 28. If it was the fourth day of the month, read Proverbs 4. Every day, if you read a proverb, you're putting the wisdom literature into your mind. And so once a month, basically, you're reading the book of Proverbs. And as time goes by, you'll begin to say, well, the wise man does this, and the foolish man does this. It'll start being ingrained in you as you look at that. So every day, like I've already read Proverbs 27 this morning, and, and that's what I do. I, I read a proverb the proverb of the day, so to speak. And that would be a good thing to do. So if you haven't done that, if you haven't started doing that, once you start it, start it today. And, you don't, and if you miss a day, it's okay. If you, if you wake up and this is the 29th, then read 29, you know? So just, you know, it's, it's, it's not hard to figure out where you are. It's not like you got to put a bookmark in there. So it's, it's really good. So let, let's look at the outline. Let me give you the outline of the of Proverbs 1. Because over the weeks, we're going to look at Proverbs 1. We're going to look at Psalms 1. We're going to look at Psalm 51. We're going to look at Psalm 103. We're going to look at uh, several other Psalms as we go through this and, and putting them together. And uh, so... Let me give you the outline, it, the, just of this proverb. It's a fairly long one, and we're going to actually take two weeks. If you notice on your handout, we're looking at the first seven verses this morning, and then next week we'll go a little bit, we'll have to go faster next week to get the last half of the proverb. But where there's an introduction, which we see, and then the purpose and the theme, and that's what I wanted us to see this morning. And then he gives some instructions, and then what does wisdom say? You know what wisdom says? If you don't listen to me when the bad times come, I'm going to laugh at you. That's what wisdom says. If I tell you to do something and you don't do it and then bad times come, wisdom's going to say, I told you so. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom says, I told you so. I told you don't do that. So in introduction, purpose and theme, instruction, and wisdom calls. When you think about Proverbs 1, we think about Proverbs, it talks about so many different things. Listen to this. I wrote some of this down. It talks about God and man and wisdom and attaining wisdom. It talks about the fool and the scoffer, the sluggard, the friend, the neighbor, the good friend. It talks about our words. It talks about the power of our words. It talks about the family. It talks about husband and wife, parents and children, life and death. That's all in the Proverbs. That's why if you read the Proverbs once a month, just read them through there, you're going to get information. If somebody comes to you and says, I went to the bank and they won't loan me the money, but they'll loan me the money if you co-sign with me. You know? Is that a wise thing to do or not a wise thing to do? What is the, does the Bible say anything? Do the Proverbs say anything about that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So even though, you know, people say, well, the Bible is really not practical. Of course it's practical. It's the Word of God. It's alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's perfect. It is exactly what we need even today. So we're going to look at it. And as I said, uh, many of you memorize different parts of the Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Anybody know where that is? That's Proverbs 27, 17. That was today. I read that today. So there are a lot of wisdom and a lot of things from the Word of God. We want to put it in our minds. As we begin, let's talk about who wrote it. I mean, who wrote the Proverbs? What kind of writing is it? Proverbs 1.1, Solomon writes it. I've had people say, we don't know who wrote Proverbs. Read the first verse. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Who wrote the Proverbs? 
Solomon, I mean, don't be an idiot. I mean, I've watched people who think they're scholars, and they go, we don't really know who wrote this. I said, what does it say? Well, we don't know how accurate it is. Well, if you don't know if that's accurate, then none of it's accurate. You're going to either take the Word of God, or you're going to reject the Word of God. Don't be picking out parts and saying, I think this is okay, but not this is okay. You are not the judge of the Bible. The Bible is the judge of you. The Bible is the Word of God. It's alive and powerful and sharply to the sword. And I guarantee you, Solomon, the son of David, wrote this. He's the wisest man who ever lived. Son of David. When one thinks of Solomon, they remember how he's described in the Bible as the wisest man who ever lived. Now, who was, if, if David was Solomon's father, who was Solomon's mother? Who? Bathsheba, exactly. Look at this. David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her, and she gave birth to a son, and he named him Solomon. Solomon comes from the Hebrew name Shalom, which means peace. And Solomon was a man of peace because God said, for David said, I want to build the temple. And God said, David, you can't build the temple because you're a man of war, but your son, Solomon, Shalomon, is going to be a man of peace. And there'll be peace and he'll be able to build the temple. And so Solomon, now, uh, the Lord loved him. Notice he has another name, but, but let me just stop for a minute. Does anybody know Solomon's other name? How'd you know that? Because I read it on the paper. Oh, is it on the paper? Oh, shoot. Uh, boy, I'm really, I'm really fooling y'all today, aren't we? Wow. Yeah, listen, and the word slid, uh, the, and, and sent word through Nathan the prophet, and he named him what? Jedidiah, for the Lord's sake. The, the, the name Jedidiah means beloved of the Lord. That's what it means. It means beloved of the Lord. So Solomon was born of David and Bathsheba, and his other name was Jedidiah, and he was beloved of the Lord. I mean, what, what, a, what a life. Think about that. You, you're the son of the king. King David was the greatest king that's ever lived, by the way. If you go to Ezekiel 37, when the kingdom comes, who's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem? When the kingdom comes, who's the king, by the way? It's not a trick question. It's not on the paper. Who is, who's sitting on the throne in Jerusalem during the thousand-year reign of Christ? Who's sitting on the throne? Jesus. Do you know who's going to rule under him? Ezekiel 37. Guess who it is? It's David. It's David. It's not on the paper, Bonita. <laughs> it's David. King David is going to rule in Jerusalem under Jesus. Wow. What if you were the son of King David and uh, God picked you to be the king? And then God came to you and said, in giving the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night and God said, ask what you wish me to give you. If God came to you right now and said, I'll give you anything you want, what would you say? Well, that, that Corvette looks pretty good. Well, I'd like that big old house. Or sometimes what would people say? What did Solomon say? Solomon said he wanted wisdom. And God said, because you've not asked for a long life or death of your enemies or all kind of riches or anything, I'm going to give all of that to you and I'm going to give you wisdom. He said, I, want, I need wisdom. Wisdom to judge these great people. Wisdom to judge the world. By the way, Solomon was the richest king who ever lived. David is the greatest king who ever lived. Solomon is the richest king who ever lived. Solomon 
we're, we're going to actually study it. That we've been going through 1 Samuel, and we'll go through 2 Samuel. 1 Samuel is basically the life of Samuel and Saul. 2 Samuel is the life of David. And then 1 Kings, the first 11 chapters, is the life of Solomon. We're probably going to get that on Sunday morning, too. You don't want to stop it. You, know, you want to get the first three kings. And we're going to look at Solomon's life. He was so rich that silver meant nothing. He said, all my cups are gold. I don't care about silver. I got more horses than anybody can count, and I got more wives than anybody can count. I only had 1,000. Yeah, 700, yeah, he needed lots. She said he needed lots of money if you have 1,000 wives, exactly. Okay, so what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom, and God said, you will be the wisest person who ever lived. Now, ultimate wisdom comes when you make application of knowledge. Is that right? You can be wise, but not follow your own what? Wisdom. You can say, that's not a wise thing to do, and still do it. Solomon did that. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, and he went contrary to everything that he taught. That's why you read Ecclesiastes. What does it say? Vanity, vanity, all is vanity. That's Solomon is an older man, and he looks around at the world, and he says, anything under the sun is vanity. If you don't live for God, it's vanity. It means nothing. Solomon lived. And then died helping worship false gods. Can you believe that? Solomon? You think he knew better? Do you think anywhere in the Proverbs that it says, don't follow idols? It does. Well, let's see what happens. Because we need the purpose, the purpose and the theme of Proverbs, verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction and discern the sayings of understanding. The, the broad purposes is wisdom and instruction, discernment and understanding. In other words, knowing the truths, knowing the Bible, knowing the things, how they fit together, putting together wise things, living wisely is, is what involves. In fact, it says it's wise living involves application, instruction, and understanding. That's why people who say, oh, it, isn't, where does it say that you shouldn't co-sign for somebody? Do you not know the Proverbs? Because you hadn't read them, because you hadn't studied them, because you hadn't made application. Wise living involves application, instruction, and understanding. That's why he says to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding. And so we're going to be talking about wisdom. Wisdom is skillful application. It's always application. Some people say, well, you, just got, you didn't really need to know the Bible. No, the key is what? Knowing the Bible and then what? Making application. Prof. Hendricks used to say at Dallas Seminary, he'd say, the goal of the study of the Word of God is application. I've told you many, many times. He would start a class, and he'd say, men, what's the goal of the study of the Word of God? And people would go, to know the Bible. And he'd say, wrong. The goal of the study of the Word of God is to make application of the Word of God. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is making application. Knowledge and application is wisdom. It goes together. Well, what's the plan? What's the plan? Well, look at verse 3. He said, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth knowledge and discretion. He says, here's the plan. The plan is to teach people what's right, to receive instruction in wise behavior. I'm going to tell you how to live wisely. That's the purpose of the Proverbs, to tell you how to live wisely, righteously, Righteousness, justice, and equity. So he actually says that the, the, the three, to knowing how to live wisely in their three areas, righteousness, justice, and equity. 
Righteousness is living right, justice being fair, equity is honest. He says, this is how I I want you to understand how to live wisely in a fallen world. And then he says, to give prudence to the naive, to, to the youth knowledge. He says, to people who don't know, the more you study it, you get it. Listen, the truth is this. When I first, when I first became a Christian, I didn't grow at all. And then when I started to grow, which was like six, week, six years later, I didn't even know what, what the name of the books were. I mean, I didn't know why Corinthians was called Corinthians and Ephesians was called Ephesians. I had no idea. I, somebody had to sit down and say, look, here's this map. See Corinth? Yeah, I see Corinth. That letter is to the Corinthians. I went, what are you talking about? Is that right? Yeah. Right? Do you remember when you first started learning the truth? And you started saying, wow, that fits. What about end times? First time you actually started seeing how it fit together. And you could see that the 490 years from the book of Daniel and Jesus dying and then the church age and then the rapture and the seven years. And you started putting all that together. And you said, man, this is amazing. But you didn't know that at one time. There are a lot of things we didn't know. And when we talk about wise living, he says, the reason I gave you these Proverbs was to know instruction and wisdom and so that you could receive instruction in wise behavior, how to live wisely, righteousness, justice, equity. Live it out, living righteously, living fairly, living, living honestly, and, and to give people knowledge, to, to use knowledge and discretion. He says, I want people to know how to make correct decisions. Now, once again, let me tell you something to you. You can know what's right, and you can know what's wise, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it. Wisdom is, is saying, this is the wise thing to do. This would be knowledge and application to do this. You can have the wisdom and say, I know what's the right thing to do. I know what the wise thing to do is. I know what the best thing to do is, but that doesn't mean you're going to do it. But we're supposed to do it. He said, I'm going to teach you. Solomon says, I'm going to teach you because the goal is to know wisdom and instruction and, and to teach people. And then he says, what is the result? The results, wise people will hear and increase. Look what he says. A wise man will hear and increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. He says a wise person is going to learn from it. A wise person is going to look at the scripture, look at the truths, look at the principles and say, that's what's right and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to increase and learn. I'm going to learn even more. Have you understood that when you start studying the Bible and you begin to learn things, that the more you learn, the more you can learn? The more it begins to fit together, you start seeing how the whole Bible fits together, where something in the Old Testament you never even understood it suddenly, all of a sudden you say, well, wait a minute. I see how that fits. I see what Moses did when he went up on that mountain and he came down and he broke those, and then he went back up. Now I'm seeing how that fits together. He says, a wise person will hear. They'll listen to it. They'll hear it and increase in learning. By the way, the Hebrew word shema, 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 O Israel, hear, O Israel. The word Shema doesn't just mean, did you hear that? It means you heard it and you understood it and you're going to do it. That's why I say Shema, Shema, Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's, that's Deuteronomy. That was their faith. They said that every morning. They said it every morning. Hear, Israel. Hear, O hear. He says a wise man will hear it, not just hear it, but hear it, have ears to hear, and increase in learning. And a man of understanding, he's beginning to grasp, but will acquire wise counsel. He'll say, this is the right thing to do. 
And then he goes on and he says a little bit more. He says, and they'll gain understanding. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and the riddles. That you'll begin to understand how things fit together. You ever thought about that? How everything fits together? Not only how the Bible fits together, but how the principles and the truths. And you'll find that Jesus teaches things that goes right back to the Proverbs. Because Jesus is wisdom. And so look, the whole purpose is skillful living. How many of us want to live skillfully and wisely in a fallen world? We do, we do, we do, we want to. So how are you going to do that? You got to know the truths and principles and instructions, and then you got to live them out. And that's called wisdom, that's living out the truths of the Bible. He shows a contrast, that's why we'll stop here this morning, Look at the contrast in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. He says this. Here's the contrast. The fear of the Lord, which means awe and respect, realizing who God is, who he is, and what he's done. That awe and that understanding, and we live it out when we do that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We're beginning to understand. We begin to see who he is and what he says and say, this is accurate and true. God gave it to us. I really need to know it. And so the fear of the Lord ultimately results, as he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. God is the authority. He's the absolute truth. He is the ruler. We understand who God is. That's what it boils down to. See, it boils down to who you're going to live your life for, yourself or God, the one who rules it all and knows everything. You may say, I think I know what's best for my life. No, you don't. we don't know what's best for tomorrow. He knows everything. He created the end from the beginning. Well, look at the contrast. That's the, that's the one that gains knowledge. That's the one that's the beginning of knowledge. But look at the contrast. The fool rejects. The word reject means to despise. It means to look down upon. The fools despise wisdom and instruction. We've taught all people who, who know what's right and openly go against it. And you, what you could say is how foolish that person is. How foolish that person is. Fool rejects, counts as nothing, God's word. So, the wise man knows and obeys the word of God. What's that called? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. The foolish man rejects God in his word. Now, I said a while ago that you can be a believer and be foolish because you don't have to live by the Bible. You can reject it. Solomon became foolish at the end. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, became a foolish man at the end. He married, the Bible said, do not marry the foreign women. That's what they were told. Kings, not marry foreign women because they'll turn your heart away. And he married the foreign women, and they turned his heart away. And some of them worshipped Dagon, and some of them worshipped Baal, and some of them worshipped Moloch. And Solomon actually put statues for these gods in the temple. Solomon did that. Just read his life. You would say, that, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, that's a foolish thing. It's contrary to what we know is right. So Solomon didn't live wisely in the end of his life. He lived foolishly. A wise man knows and obeys the word of God. A foolish man rejects God and his word. So let me give you some applications before we go to the grow groups. Let's live wisely in a fallen world. There's the contrast between the fool and the wise person. The fool rejects the word of God, and the wise person lives by the the word of God. So what are we going to do? We're going to have to know it, okay? Well, let's do this. Let's think about this. So first of all, we've got to understand the goal of Proverbs. When people look at books of the Bible, I say, what's the purpose of the gospel of John? 
And people would say, uh, it's the story of Jesus' life. Uh, no, 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 it's not the story of Jesus' life. It's selected events of the life of Jesus, just like Matthew, Mark, and Luke were. Gospel of John, the purpose of the Gospel of John is to show the seven signs that Jesus did to show that he is the Christ, the Messiah, and that people would believe in him for eternal life. That's the purpose of the Gospel of John. What's the purpose of the book of Proverbs? You'd say, well, I, it's got a lot of stuff in it. No, the purpose of the book of Proverbs is right there in verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction so that you can live wisely. To understand the goal of Proverbs is to live wisely in a fallen world. To live skillfully by the word of God. That's the goal of the book of Proverbs. That's how we want to live. Study. So what do we do? We've got to study the word and make skillful application. If you do not know the words, you cannot make the applications. So you have to know it. We have to know the wisdom things. We have to know the scripture. We have to know the truths. We have to know every aspect of it. Not just Proverbs but all the books and how they fit together. And just remember, the beginning of wisdom goes back to the character of God because that's who he is. Awe. He says, the fear of the Lord, the awe. That fear of the Lord doesn't mean I'm afraid that he's going to kill me. The fear of the Lord means I, I worship him. I see who he is. He's so far above me. The awe there. And then finally, let's, let's, let's realize the contrast between wise and foolish. The wise person continues to increase in wisdom. He will hear God's word and make application. Remember what it says? A wise man will increase in learning. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. That's what happens. A wise person continues to grow, continues to make application, continues to hear the word of God and make application. The fool rejects God and the word of God. Which are you and me? We're going to be wise men and women who live by Scripture and continue to grow and continue to learn, are we going to be foolish and not live by the Word of God and do our own thing in a fallen world? We have choices to make.